When I was made redundant from Zendesk two weeks before the pandemic, I was like, okay, this is my opportunity to actually just sit down and start writing. And I did with wildcards. I started posting chapters and I think I was about five or six chapters in when I got my first review on Royal Road and it was a three star saying this has potential, but let's see what the characters do and stuff like this. Hmm. And it broke me. This is the Crit RPG Podcast. Your one-stop shop for everything Lit RPG, Progression Fantasy, and Royal Road. Hi everyone. Uh, you might notice in this episode, and also the upcoming one, that I had issues with a microphone. Um, I'm very sorry about that. There wasn't really all that much I could do to fix it. Um, I tried my best, but I hope you can forgive me for the issue. This podcast with Brian was a very long one, so it's about four hours long, and we decided to split it into two parts. So the Patreon gets the full episode today, uh, which is about two hours, and then the bonus material, which is another two hours next week, whereas the YouTube version gets the one hour this week and then one hour next week, just because it is a lot of work to actually get these done. And yeah, it's about 11 o'clock now. I'm done editing, so here we go. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome everyone to the Crit RPG podcast, the only podcast where a German invites the Irish to talk about drinking. With me today is Brian Norton, author of Quest Academy. How are you doing? I am doing very, very well. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. You're more than welcome. This has been a very, very spontaneous kind of thing because I kind of poked you hoping you would say, well, maybe next week sometime could be cool. And then you were like, I'm going to hop in the shower. I'll be right there. So um, this makes whoa, me whoa, appreciate whoa. it. You, you are making me seem really needy on this, okay? So I will say that I did get a poke uh, when I came back from Vegas, incredibly sick, being like, hey, Ben says you're cool. You know, we, need, we should have a chat. I'm like, what the fuck did that guy say? Sorry, am I allowed to curse on this? Oh, I don't fucking care. Yeah, cool. So I was like, what the fuck did he say? And uh, he was in like, oh, good things, good things. I was like, so he lied. <laughs> so, and uh, and I was like, oh, no, my voice is gone. I'm coughing. I'm sneezing. I, I Like, I have tissues here in preparation for when it happens. But uh, I was like, you know what? I'll do this. I definitely will. And then I was like, oh, Americans, I'll just have to do a late evening or something like that. Then I find that you're German and your thing, like your calendar is like, would you like to do the call at 730 in the morning? Or would you like to do the call at 3.30 in the afternoon? I'm like, before work or during work? Hmm. <laughs> so, because I still work full time. But it was um, serendipitous that you poked me today. I was like, I can do today. Today is a Sunday. So here we are. I would have, well, see, you're mentioning, uh, you're mentioning stuff like, well, I'm still working full time after I start the podcast. So it's not in the bonus material. Thank you very much. This is great for everyone uh, because I'm not going to cut this out and put it uh, put it at the, at the front. So you're welcome, everyone. So before we get to the first question, then talking about Quest Academy, mm-hmm. reading my fingers, many people always think, oh, you've sold like a big book. Yeah, probably you've already, you know, like bought your Ford yacht and, uh, and have stopped working and now um, hired your best friend as an assistant or something. But um it's not like that, is it? It is not. Um, so yeah, like I'm sure that you've had uh, people that have broken down the royalties and all things like that before. Um, but to just to reiterate on it, um, like even though you look at Quest Academy and how many reviews and ratings that it has, mm. um, it's not in a position to completely like um, to to make me full time or anything like that. I'm, it might be book three or four. It might be book ten. It's it's one of those things where it really comes down to the quality of life that you want, the level of security that you want, and all those sort of things. But as it is right now, that I love the job that I'm in, and it needs to be a very very compelling thing with the writing to to eventually go into it full time. Can you just say broadly which area you're in? Uh, so yes, I am a recruiter for a video games company. 
Oh, I saw that. I saw that when I when I googled you. But okay, uh, like, you work with Larian, right? Yes. Okay. So, uh, so this podcast is over now. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, uh, yeah, I could I could go writing full time, or I could you know have this job at like as a recruiter for Larian Studios, where every time I reach out, people offer me their firstborn child in order to work with them. It gets worse. Um, I'm the narrative recruiter. So it's for the writing team. Uh, so I built half the writing team at Larian. Um, obviously, it's just like you're a facilitator uh, in those sort of roles. And that it's just an incredible uh, thing to be able to work with so many incredible and talented people. Um, but it's like such a high bar and understandably so for you see what they're delivering. But like as a point of pride um, that I can't really you know take this, but seeing the work that the people I've hired, seeing what they've put into the game um, and how those things are done and written is just one of the most incredible things. Mm. And I really, really enjoy seeing that. Yeah. Um, I'm an agile coach. Oh, right. So um, I really enjoy my job too. At that moment where people just get it and you're like, yeah, you can do all this shit. And they're like, what? That's yeah. the best thing ever. For me, personally. I really like that a lot. Right, so, where were we at? Um, Books. What do I do? Writing. Going full-time, yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Quit RPG Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we talk about, you know, work. <laughs> and <laughs> IT companies. <laughs> and workflows. <laughs> and workflows, exactly. And, like, Jira and uh, Atlassian and um, oh, cycle confluence. times. Yeah, it's all fun. All fun. Absolutely. Deadlines, crunch time. Anyway, talk to me about, you know, obviously you have had contact with a lot of good writers and talk to me about the genesis of Quest Academy. So Quest Academy is a hard one to explain. Um, So I started writing from a young age. Okay. I was writing you know, ever since I was a kid. And then as I got older and older, uh, glossing over sentiment. But when I was younger, um, I started writing and stories just absolutely loved them. But I was, when I was writing them, uh, I was writing them for other people. So I wanted other people to read these stories because like, it's essentially as I put my friends in as characters and be like, what do you think? Because I, like need validation i need praise i need all of these things from other people and so it's very healthy (laughs) oh it's terrible um it's like yeah become a recruiter it's like you need me right tell me you need me (laughs) that that makes for like i'm really happy like joke aside that you found a good employer because that can get Oh, yeah. I worked for Citibank, PayPal, Indeed, Zendesk. I was like, I yes, sell your soul to the corporate gods. I was there. Um, and then Larian is like, we are only soul. And you're like, amazing. What are the downsides? It's like, what are processes? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> but it's like... <laughs> Yeah, I can I can see that. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I'm used to coming from an environment where it's like there's seven steps of red tape, and then you're eventually told no, you can't have this thing. Yeah. Whereas when you go to like you know the likes of Larry, and you'd be like, you know, hey, what about this thing? They're like, huh, that's a really good idea. <laughs> you should take that on board and run that. And like it's like what? Off like, you go. No, there are way more qualified people. It's like yeah, have fun. Like come back to us, and you're like, oh okay. If you've ever been in a company where, um, so a friend of mine, he recently lost Wi-Fi in his company office. So he didn't have Wi-Fi on his laptop. He couldn't get Wi-Fi in his room. He could only get Wi-Fi in the meeting rooms. So he would hop between all the meeting rooms because when he asked his, mess, his manager, hey, I need to get better Wi-Fi because I can't work here. The manager was like, maybe next month. And then when he went home, he was like, why are you not in the office? I'm like, I can't work in the office. Man, I know, it's, it's absolutely crazy. 
Um, yeah. But no, I've had a number of those things where, like, I remember I used to work in retail and stuff, and then when the electricity went out and the tills didn't work, uh, the, yeah. the, the the registers, um, I just remember everyone being like, you know, guess we have to go home and close up. I'm like, taking a notepad and pen is like, or we could do math and just do this the normal way. And that's when I learned that nobody knew math. And it was very funny. Well, math and also think of all the liabilities, Brian. Think of everything that could go wrong. I was an insurance recruiter for three years. I know everything that can go wrong. <laughs> so it's, um, but yeah, no, honest God, we put that, that, that part of my life behind us. Um, but yeah. A very very different time. so why did i start writing exactly <laughs> um so i i loved writing but it wasn't going to be any use if no one read it okay mm -hmm. so i i said to myself why not you know just add people into it that way they'd be invested in it potentially mm -hmm. that they'd want to read it like mm -hmm. you know if they're in it because i didn't see the value i was able to give them mm -hmm. uh like as in just with the words itself uh, so it would be like, they'd obviously need a hook to want to read it. So I'll put them into it. And that was nice. And it worked for a while. But my friends eventually just turned around to me and said, no, I'm not going to read anything you write. Uh, for the simple reason is that you don't finish stories, Brian. You start them and then you get bored and they're brilliant stories. But that's all they are. They're not books. Which is the perfect moment when you would say, awesome, I'll go to Royal Road. Well, um, that was, there was a little bit of time between that. So when I went into recruitment first, it, I don't want to say anything really disparaging because like, you know, I, I got a lot from my employers. I got a lot from them over the years and stuff like this, but it ate my soul. Um, as in, I had no passion left. Um, I was putting everything into the work I was burning out in nearly every single job. And it was just a case of like, my soul was taking a battering. Um, because as a recruiter, a lot of the time is that when I was agency and I wasn't in house, meaning that I was representing a number of, um, other different, uh, employers. So I'd have a list of 30 employers that are looking for, you know, X amount of different people. And I would just be like trying to convince people from that were in jobs to go to another job so I could earn commission to pay rent. And it felt very disingenuous uh, for me because a lot of the times it was like, when someone says like, Brian, will I enjoy this job? You're like, I think you would love to work at State Street. Uh, yeah. And it was one of those things, or Deutsche Bank. Oh, Deutsche, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. great, great companies, great companies. Um, and then a lot of the times it'd just be like, no, I don't think you will. And the really cool ones were like, oh, thanks for being honest with me. I'll take the job. And then they were like, you know, and in six months' time, put me in a different place <laughs> so we can get more money. I'm like, I like you. Let's do this. <laughs> so, that, that, yeah, it was fun. But um, the thing is, like, that sort of stuff was eating my soul over a long period of time. So I wasn't able to like go home and sit down and start writing because more often than not, I wouldn't go home after work. I go straight to the pub and bitch about the day with all my colleagues. And it was just one of those like early twenties kind of jobs where you're just like sitting in a bar or standing in a bar for a long period of time, smoking, drinking, the whole thing just being like, Oh, you know, and then doing it all again the next day. Um, that went on for a good 10 years where I wasn't writing anything. And when I got to the point where I was looking at myself being like, Brian, what happened to your dreams? Hmm. You wanted to be a writer and you're reading. Yeah. But what does that mean? Like, as in like, you're not doing anything. So I said to myself, I am going to be a published writer before I'm 30 years old. Now, spoiler alert, I'm 35. So I just turned 35, but when I was 29, I said, it doesn't matter. I'm going to be a published writer. And I looked it up, uh, Kindle, everything like that, Kindle, like Kindle direct publishing. And I was like, okay, I can do this, but I'm still super insecure about myself. I don't know that I want to put my name on anything like this because I have 
done quite good with recruitment uh, over the last number of years. Mm -hmm. I'm not exactly sure I want it to all come crashing down um, or have this because I've seen uh, people that have written and put it up on LinkedIn being like, hey, buy my new book. And it's been absolutely like, oh, Jesus, cringe, mate. Why would you put that on LinkedIn? It's like, ooh. <laughs> and I was like, I am not going to be that guy. And uh, no one on LinkedIn will ever know about this. So when I went into it, I was like, what could I do? That'd be fun. Because I didn't have time. I was 29. I was working a full-time job. I hadn't written anything long form and I hadn't finished anything before. So I was looking at this going like, what the hell can I publish? Poems? Fuck no. I hate poetry. Um, what can I do? And I looked at it and I was like, right, what is the most amount of money I can earn? Um, you know, and I started looking at publishing from the wrong angle. I was like, yeah. So I was like looking at the publishing from the wrong angle. Uh, I just said to myself, why, like, how, how do I do this? How, how do I go about this? I want to finish stories. I want to earn some money from this and I want to be published and out there. So I looked it up and I found the least amount of effort, most amount of reward was writing erotica. So I said, okay, let's go. And in the space of a year, I think I released 12 short stories, um, all under a female pseudonym. Uh, some of them were maybe 4,000 words. Some of them were 14,000 words. And I put them all up. And they started earning decent money. And I was the 13th most popular paranormal erotica author in Japan. And that was very entertaining. That's when they used to have the author ranks. Um, in like that tells you how many years ago it was. Uh, 2017, I think. Um, so I did that. And it was like, great. I'm, I'm finishing things. I'm like doing stories. And... I was taking commissions from people on Twitter being like, you know, okay, yeah, I can do that for a few hundred euro uh, or I'll, I'll write that story for a few hundred, whatever. And then I retain all rights and I can po post it on Amazon under her name. And it was really fun. Um, but it was also a brilliant training ground because you have only 5,000 words to give a start, a middle and an end and you have compelling characters with engaging dialogue and you have to deliver on the action or the, you know, the spice to be able to have it do well. Yeah. And I, I hear the climax is very important. Exactly. And uh, like, the, and on the Kindle, the pages don't stick together. Which is awesome. Also, like you can wipe them down. It's so good. Yeah. I really want to sign someone's Kindle with a Sharpie so that they can never read anything other than my fucking signature. Like one of those like um, gel pens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be very funny. Um, but yeah, so once that started happening, it gave me a little bit more confidence in the writing arena. But it wasn't um, fulfilling because I was never seeing my name up there and I was, wasn't able to really tell people other than it being a joke. It was a case of like, oh, yeah, I pretend to be a woman on the internet and I sell stories and I'm making good money. Or that I'd buy a round of drinks for everyone to be like, this smut baron is here. I've literally just bought everyone this with erotica royalties. And that is hilarious. And it's super fun to do. I still have my smut card where I'm like, everything on this card is earned with the desperation of men on the internet. <laughs> drinks for everyone. <laughs> This, this is probably not the origin story you were expecting. You would be surprised how many erotica writers then later on turn to lit RPG because of what they actually wanted to do. I went nowhere near harem. <laughs> and everyone thinks I'm a harem writer. I'm like, bitch, if I was, you'd know. Yeah. yeah. We set the firmament on fire. No, I mean, yeah, I think Ray even said it. She cut her teeth on, on erotica, right? She was a ghostwriter for erotica for a long time. I have a friend. Um, a very dear friend, dear friend on my Discord, uh, who um, was a New York Times best-selling erotica, erotica author. Um, then okay, I was never that good. Okay. You were you were big in Japan. Yeah, with short yeah. stories. With short stories, I know. There we go. Right, this is really good. And um, of course, uh, I had um, Seth McDuffie and Jonathan McLean on on here, and Jonathan McLean, uh, who has the most 
chiseled chin I've ever seen, um, who is an audiobook narrator and a Hollywood actor and producer and director, also is a top top hundred best selling author of erotica um, because he narrated them and then the lady who he was narrating was like, oh, this is great. You want to write with me? And it's like, yeah, sure. I write, I, I write uh, dialogue all the time for my, uh, uh, for my movie scripts. And so you're going to say only fans. And I was no, so on board, but, uh, but no, it's, um, it, 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 it was a fun landscape. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a fun kind of like little thing to dip my toe into. But once I saw that that could work, mm-hmm. I was like, this is amazing. And I started writing um, the start of a lit RPG. I had read, I think it was Robert Crane. I'm not sure, but I found these books. The first book was free on Kindle. Uh, The first four books were free on Kindle. That's how they get you. Yeah, Robert J. Crane, I think his name was. And this is back when I was working at Citibank. Um, He has something like 50 or 100 books out, but... It was very, like, game-inspired, but not. It was kind of like fantasy series that had guilds Mm. in it. And I was like, I'm on board with this. But I was like, you could do so much more with this. Like, there could be so, so much more done with this. And I started ideating um, a story, and I, I got hung up in it. Because when, like, and a lot of what I was writing was wild cards. But I didn't know it at the time. So I was ideating a lot on this, being like, what's wrong? Uh, or, oh, it's just so daunting. And would people even want to read this? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was looking for more on that, I stumbled across the legendary Moonlight Sculptor. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think I might get my timelines mixed up, but I was very much into that um, when it was started getting the English translations, the machine translations, before Royal Road really started up. Mm-hmm. And... I remember thinking to myself, you know, like, this is really cool. VR, MMORPG. And then I was looking at Robert, like, you know, his readership and stuff. And I was like, I could write something way better than this. But again, the hunger wasn't there. Uh, So I didn't pursue it. And I was just thinking, like, you know what? This would be a fun little side project. Let's keep it on the back burner. When I was made redundant from Zendesk, two weeks before the pandemic, I was like, (laughs) I was like, okay, this is my opportunity to actually just sit down and start writing. Mm -hmm. And I did with wild cards. I started posting chapters. I, you know, I was doing it for a little piece of a bit of time. And I think I was about seven chapters in, five or six chapters in when I got my first review on Royal road. And it was a three star saying this has potential, but the character, let's see what the characters, you know, do and stuff like this. Hmm. And it broke me. Oh, like, it's what I'm telling people, right? I guess those, in those days you couldn't disable ratings. Oh, it, it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered at all because like it was, even if it was framed at, like, and, and the fact that it wasn't aggressive, that it wasn't just someone I could dismiss and say, oh, well, they're clearly unhinged. It was, uh, yeah, this is pretty good. Three stars. Mm-hmm. And I had to come to terms with the fact that I was a three-star writer. Now, obviously, there was no A-B testing done there because we only had A. Uh, but I was there looking at it going, okay, this has broken me. Mm-hmm. And my confidence was shattered. And I was like, I can't do this. So I stopped writing. I didn't have a backlog. There was none of the JF Brink, you know, um, posts in the forums or anything like that back then. It was essentially just a case of everyone trying to figure it out as they went along. Um, Discord was still kind of like, I don't want to say in its infancy, but there were very few groups. There was the Lit RPG Forum, which was run by uh, Paul Bellow. Um, And the main name in the game was Alaron Kong. So that was the, like, that was when I was dealing with all this back. Uh, anyway, it's the this way pre-pandemic. Um, but my timelines are all over the place. It's okay. I guess so, it's, it's, it's really gripping. Like, <laughs> not lying. This is really cool shit. 
Um, so when I was doing all of this, like I, I remember just thinking to myself, fuck, we should just quit because there was every reason for me to quit. All I had delivered on was erotica. All my friends had previously told me that, you know what, Brian, like you're never finish anything. And I was like, if I tell anyone about this, it'll be the exact same conversation. You can't finish anything. And I didn't want any of them to be disappointed in me. So I didn't write under my own name. I wrote as James Northman. Um, So be Brian J, the J stands for James. And I was like, I'll be James Northman because Norden. I was like, Nord, North, man, Northman. Super, really inventive. I could be a fantasy writer. So, <laughs> oh, like it, it, it gets worse. So, you keep saying that, and it just keeps getting better. You know that, right? We'll see. Like, uh, but I remember um, one friend in particular, Iaina. She, um, she's a wonderful friend, artist. You know, cosplayer. Just you know, one of those really, really cool creative types. Um. I had said to her about it and she was saying like, Hey, I haven't read it yet, but it sounds exciting. And from what you've told me about it, um, here's a cover. So she had designed a cover, which was completely off brand off. It was, it looked like an eldritch horror, grim, dark style thing. And, um, you won't find it. Well, you might find it, uh, in the, in the troves of way, of the way back when, um, but I thought it looked incredible and I wanted to do the cover justice. Mm-hmm. And I said, I can't stop writing now. Uh, if it means like, you know, I, I need to do this justice because my friend spent so much time and effort into mm-hmm. creating this beautiful, uh, beautiful thing. And even I went to, I think it was the Lit RPG authors guild. Uh, on Facebook, and I was like, you know, look at what my friend did, and everyone's like, that shit, it's never going to sell. That's you know, it, this isn't good, that isn't good. And I had originally had the series called Abidden, mm-hmm. um, and one of the writers was like, mm, that sounds kind of like Abaddon from D and D. You might want to change that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it, no, it, it, it Abaddon is a, a totally fine name. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you should add online to that so people know it's a VR story. And I'm like. No, I also don't want to do that. Um, and so the, eventually it got to me and I changed it from the bidden. And I said, okay, fuck it. It's going to be called Wild Cards. And then they were like, you mean like the popularized 1984 series from George R. R. Martin, Wild Cards, that everyone holds dear in their hearts as a fantasy reader? I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to be more popular than him. That's the only solution I can come up with. Okay, and they're like, really? As opposed to just picking a new name. I'm like, no, I've changed it once already. It's wild cards. Never underestimate the power of being depressed and lazy. Like spite. Spite. It's it's spite. It's like like you never th- remember the people cheering for you. You remember the ones that aren't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to train yourself. But Well, 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 it's a new ad. If you're interested in having your story shouted out on this podcast, please reach out to me under critrpg.podcast at gmail.com. For now, I just finished the first book in my own series, Torchbearer. If you like a slow burn story about weak to OP main characters, mixing magic and technology and numbers going up, you might also enjoy this one. You can find the link to my link tree down below. And that's all for now. Thank you very much for listening and or watching. And let's get on with the show. Oh, yeah. But I was a very, very vulnerable person uh, in that, like, you know, feedback was there to break me. We we established already, like, you were, like, a huge, empty, empty bowl that needed to be filled with validation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it only got worse with time. Um, Mm -hmm. But when I was writing, I remember it step by step because I had no commenters. There was nobody. Um, there was one commenter uh, who around chapter seven or eight predicted nine, 10 and 11 of all the chapters predicted them perfectly. And I was like, am I a basic bitch? <laughs> I literally sat there and I was like, I'm a three star author and I'm a predictable basic bitch.
what is wrong with me? And I was like, it really, really irritated me. And I was like, no, I cannot allow this person to be right. So I completely derailed my story to prove him wrong. And he came back and was like, I thought you were following the Cambellian's hero's journey, which would have meant this, this, and this. But it seems you've completely gone in a different direction. I'm like, oh, sweet mother of God. I had no idea what the hero's journey was. So my background <laughs> is a degree in marketing. Mm-hmm. All of this, the, the movies, the books that I've, like, you know, consumed follow the hero's journey. Yeah. And I was automatically doing that too. Mm-hmm. But it made it predictable in a way. And he's like, you're really doubling down on the world building. Most people would be in the game by now. Spoiler alert. Character creation happens on chapter 18. Why is it not chapter 10? Because of that fucking guy. <laughs> so, well, I'm sure it meant well. Oh, yeah, he meant well. I, I just said to him, it was just like, you know, and he was like, oh, I'm really surprised. I was like, oh, yeah, like, what, do you think that I changed my entire story just because of your comment? He was like, obviously not. Don't be ridiculous. I was like, well, you would be wrong. <laughs> I did change the entire story because of you. He's like, where's your Patreon? (laughs) I am subscribing right now. Oh, cool. And I was like, what is Patreon? (laughs) So I was like, so he, he became my first patron. Uh, And I was like, Oh, amazing. This is fantastic. Very, very grateful to him. Hmm. And uh, it was really funny because then uh, a few people started picking it up. A few people started reading it. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. This is really cool. Mm-hmm. And we're getting there. We're, go- we're getting there. Um, but by getting there, I meant we're getting three or four comments a chapter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is brilliant. Uh, it's no longer an echo chamber. And there are people. I think it was in chapter 15, someone said first. And it's the first time someone thought that there would be a race of sorts to like, you know, comment on a chapter. And that tickled me in a nice way. I was like, that, that's lovely. Um, good for you. Have some reputation. And I'll never forget it because it was chapter 17. I said to everyone, um, I post in the, the, the top chapter, and it's so funny because it's there as the author note, I think, on chapter 17. I said, hey, everyone, just so you know, it doesn't matter to me that we're never going to become popular. I always say we because it's community. Mm-hmm. I said, like, we're never going to become popular. But I am really content with the people that I have here that are on my Discord that are, like, really just supporting me and helping me with this. I'm going to finish this story for you guys. Um, like, it doesn't matter if it never does well. Mm-hmm. I'm just happy for the experience. And it was wonderful. And the next day, it hit trending. And it blew the fuck up. And every single person of my little community started sending me messages being like, Brian, uh, or James, uh, don't, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. You are going to get so many 0.5 stars. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with the story. Mm-hmm. These are people that just want to tear you down uh, the rankings uh, so their story gets ahead. Do not worry about yeah. them. It's not, a re- like, it's, it's not uh, an attack on you. And then they were literally vigilant. People started commenting on chapter one, being like, why is this on trending? This is shit. Uh, or why is it not in the game yet? And literally all my little group of people started like going at them and being like, hey, buddy, why haven't you read the whole thing? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, my lovely, nice little nurturing group have turned feral. <laughs> and like in my defense. And it became this wonderful, terrifying little thing of people being like, why do you not have like chapters on Patreon? And I'm like, is that a thing? <laughs> and they're like, yes, that's how you make money. And I was like, I can make money. <laughs> and people, my readers are like, why are you here? <laughs> and I'm like, I just wanted to finish something. <sighs> yeah, but it's, um, that's how I kind of got my start. Uh, sorry, this is possibly the longest answer to how did Quest Academy come around. Um, so I'm getting to the point, I promise. Oh, no, this is fine. Everyone, anyone ever tell you you're a great storyteller? Did you write a book? 
<laughs> I'm, I'm super disjointed all over the place. No, I mean, and, uh, it, 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 I personally feel as though it's kind of coherent, actually. And, um, thank God. and you can edit out all of the ramblings. So it'll just be no, like, no. you know, me answering that no. question. No, 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 no. 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 This, this stays. Oh. This is on the internet. It is forever. Okay, okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, so I had, uh, when people start ju jumping in around the uh, 18 mark character creation, people started enjoying it a lot more. Mm -hmm. uh, chapter 25 was another big highlight. That's when we hit our peak on Patreon, mm -hmm. where I was probably bringing in around 700 a month. 600, oh. 700 a month from then. I was like, I remember telling, sitting down with my father and being like, Dad, this is happening. And he's like, Brian, I didn't understand it before. I was saying like, you know, write if you're happy. That's brilliant. Mm. As in like, you know, but you need a real job. Uh, because this was during the pandemic. Mm. And we started really hitting the groove. Mm. And once he saw the money coming in, he was like, forget what I said, Brian. This is a whole new landscape. And if you can grow this, this could very well become a full-time thing. And that scared me because my parents were always my, my rocks that would tell me, uh, this is good. This is bad. Or like, you know, cynical pragmatism, pragmatism. They would be very, very good at like bringing me back down to reality whenever I started floating off to the stars and with them being like, you could be a full-time writer. Having the pragmatists tell you that is a terrifying thing because then you're just left with the whole, no, I need someone to tell me I can't and why. And that was, that was a whole big like kind of journey in my head, but with wild cards, um, it eventually progressed and like it hit number seven on Royal road. Um, uh, which was brilliant because it was shirt was one side of me. Matt Dinneman was the other. Um, which was which was super cool, um, and that uh, that one fucking story epilogue, which never left number four, despite it only being like five chapters or something. And I was like, "Why are you number four? You it's like it doesn't even go here. <laughs> it's like it was just one of those really really weird ones." And Mother of Learning, no one was ever going to usurp that one. Um, well, <laughs> yep, no one was ever going to usurp that one. Um, but yeah, and there's, oh, I, I just remember it because Raven's dagger was coming up as well at that time. Um, it was in like, so it just seeing all the people that were on the trending list and I'm, I think it was cinnamon bun, uh, that I was up against, um, that one, but it wasn't straight cat strut. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, it was, uh, it was good fun. Um, but when I was kind of going through it and everything like this, I stuck the landing on it, which was terrifying. There was months between updates because I was so terrified mm. of fucking up the, the ending of mm -hmm. the book. And what I delivered on, I thought was absolutely incredible. I had some reviews that said I screamed when this happened mm. and my family came rushing into the room mm. to see what happened. I explained your story and now they're reading it. And that just filled my heart with joy because I was finally at a point where I had finished a story without telling any of my friends that I was writing it, mm -hmm. which was a huge thing for me because it meant I can do this without the validation of the people closest around me mm -hmm. because it means I don't have to bother them with all of this and I don't need to feed off their energy like some weird energy vampire to be like, you know, tell me you love my stories. Um, it's almost as if you can do that by yourself. Yeah, you'd be surprised. <laughs> okay, sorry, go on. So, uh, but yeah, like it's, uh, so Wildcards did really, really well. Mm. And just as we were kind of coming to the end of uh, book one, um, or just past book one, I kind of got the call to be like, would you like to be the writing recruiter for Larium? And I said, yes. And so I took that job and my writing output absolutely went down the, the dream. So fast forward kind of two years, I realized I had stagnated quite a lot. I was trying to get through book two of Wild Cards. 
I was getting blocked at every angle. It was maybe two and a half thousand words a week that I was managing, uh, if even, which isn't a lot. Um, you told like, me. Yeah, it's like, it, it's not a lot. And I was there looking at going like, oh my God, this is horseshit. And it felt like I, it felt like a job because people were like where's my chapter and then the patreon just ended up dying mm-hmm. um and i realized that i had squandered it that the the story that i had built to number seven on royal road i'd done absolutely nothing with it mm-hmm. and it was heartbreaking because i saw it as i had a chance to follow my dreams and i said no to it and instead went to work full-time again for Largon studios for no not to take away from that, but it was just, it was one of those things where I was like, Ooh, you know, what would have happened if, what would have happened if I had done this? What if I had done that? I think I can I, understand what you, I, I, I think I can understand that. Um, yeah, it's no matter how, how much people might think like, oh yeah, like Laron Studios is such a freaking great opportunity. And you know, as any other game, game studio, it's, it's a bit of a chaos. Um, nest of chaos but I do understand I think that thought of um, what could have been like yeah sorry exactly what you were saying basically I didn't yeah. want to take away from that no 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 it's I it, it's it's a hard one to describe because mm. like it, it makes you feel as though oh I had one moment of serendipitous like, like there, there was one moment that I could have capitalized on something and I didn't. But then that also brought to the questions like, well, is that not the mentality of the one hit wonder? Yes. That that was the only time you'll ever be popular with the story you wrote. Mm-hmm. Or does it mean that you can write a story that people will resonate with? Oh, I'm spoiled so bad. <laughs> uh, and I was like, we'll see. So, once I realized I was in that point of stagnation, mm-hmm. uh, not to start this year, the previous year, I said, I need to get out of my comfort zone. So I'm going to start saying yes to things um, because I'm, I've become a lot more introverted. I've become a lot more kind of like, I'm just going to hide in the background. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. So I said, let's go. We're going to, we're going to try this. So I, started with um there was a thing that came up on facebook like 20 books dublin so i'm saying yes to things so i saw on facebook that there was the 20 books to 50k which is um an indie author kind of community where it's indies helping other indies with the mantra of a rising tide lifts all boats and you know it's you know all of them just helping each other with tips tricks and things that they've found and just kind of really helping the community by having points of inspiration of the successful people sharing their, you know, findings and people just opening up about their processes so that they can like pave the way for other people up the mountain, um, which is wonderful. But the, the organizer of the whole thing, Craig Martell, he was doing a visit to Dublin and they were like, we're doing a meetup for all of our members from Ireland. And I was looking at it and I was terrified. I was like, I'm not a real writer. Um, I write on Royal Road, but that's not a real writer. Nobody here, nobody there will know what Royal Road is. And the vast majority didn't know what Royal Road was. Uh, Lit RPG was something I had to explain at every single point. And, but I went to it and they said, oh, no, no, Brian, this, you need to go to Madrid. In Madrid, uh, 20 books Madrid, um, it was coming up in a month or something. Uh, they were like, you need to go to Madrid. And that's where you'll meet a number of the lit RPG people. I was like, okay, I'll do that. I went there and they were like, oh man, this is pretty good, but it's no Vegas. 20 books Vegas is the the big, big thing you need to go to. So last year I went to 20 books Vegas. Um, So all of these things happen in quick succession. But I remember sitting down with James Hunter of Shadow Alley Press and with DJ Bodden as well, who had done The Illusionist, uh, part of Viridian Gate. And I remember sitting down with them and they helped me unfuck my plot for book two of Wild Cards. And it was hugely helpful because it put me in a position of being like, this is how I write. 
the next chapters. And it was really, really helpful. And um, really, really kind of got me back on the right track. And uh, I then remember, um, as I um, I was talking to other people and there was a lot of rum happening, it's when I first met Jez Caggio. Uh, so I met Jez, Lars, and Kev, uh, amongst a few others as well. But um, it was really, really good fun. I met Chatfield as well for the first time. Uh, but we wouldn't become uh, best friends until Vegas. Um, but yeah, it was um, a really, really fun time. And I was explaining to them about wild cards, expecting them to echo the sort of things that James Hunter and them had said. But Jez had said something completely different. He was like, write a palate cleanser. Write something else um, to just kind of get back into the groove of writing. And then, you know, you can go back to wild cards once it runs its course. You just need to, you know, get something else out there. You're a writer, so you should be writing. And that story became Quest Academy. The palate cleanser was essentially me taking all of the feedback from the negative reviews from Wildcards. A lot of people said, this is the first time I've ever read a story where I care more about the real world than the in-game world because of the sponsorship deals, the subterfuge, the classes systems, the underdog themes, the, you know, all of these different things in wildcards that they were like, this is amazing. Oh, fuck, we have to go back into the game. And they were like, why can Brian just not write a hellscape dystopian future story? Because that's a book I'd read. And I was like, hmm, okay. And when I started Quest Academy with a full-time job, I wrote 50,000 words in my first week. So that was a little bit more than the 2,500. So I was like, huh. Hmm? Yeah, so like on the last day of writing book two, I did 17,000 in one day. So I can do heavy hitting numbers. Um, but I don't have a particularly fast speed. Um, and when I write something, I don't edit. It's that's it done. So like, well, sorry, as in it goes to an editor, obviously, but I don't read it again. So, so that was essentially as in like, where did Quest Academy come from? It was, uh, to get myself out of a rut, uh, with, um, with where I was with wildcards and seeing how uh, Quest Academy has performed. Like, <laughs> where did wildcards come from? I read Ready Player One and I hated it. I was like, what is this shit? You had so much potential and you squandered it. And I said to my friends, I was like, this is horseshit. I could write a better story than this. And my friend Eurus, who I put in as Jorgen Ball in uh, in uh, Wildcards, Jaeger Animus, he um, he looked at it and he was in like he was like you know why don't you write something better? I was like I fucking will, I will. And while when Wildcards hit number seven, I just sent him a picture of it being like you know, oh hey, I like fifty thousand stories. I'm number seven. <laughs> Suck it, Ready Player One. Nice, nice. Um, but he was like, you know, he was like, that's super cool. But, um, when um, when people asked me, what is wild cards? I was like, ready player one, but good. <laughs> and I really had to stop saying that. Okay. Now, people agreed. But, <laughs> but I was like, no, there has to be a better way. But with Quest Academy, the first person that ever read it was my editor. Uh, with Legion. Yeah. And I was like, is it good? And she was like, yeah, it's good. I was like, okay, would you like to maybe elaborate on why it's good? And they were like, no. I was like, cool. And it was terrifying. The fact that the beta readers um, were going through it and they were like, this is good. 
I'm like, what did you like? And they were like, crafting. I'm like, <sighs> that's the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're like, okay, I'm getting nothing here. And I'm like, okay, you know what? And they were like, Brian, you, we need you to start working on book two. I'm like, but how can I work on book two when I've no idea if people like book one? Yep. And they're like, you just need to trust in yourself. I'm like, oh, no. That, that is not how this works. I am shit at this. Um, like, So, like, it's that self-belief and self-assuredness is not something that uh, is ingrained in me. It's going to be very much a learned thing. It wasn't for me either. It really wasn't. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Continue reading the books. <laughs> but, uh, <sighs> but, no. um, but yeah, <laughs> what's the next question? <laughs> oh, there's, there's many more. And we're still on the main podcast, so. Yes. <laughs> what's the best advice you've ever gotten as a writer? So I'm a very intuitive writer. Mm-hmm. As in, I write what I think feels right. Mm-hmm. And what I think is cool. Um, The best advice I have received from writers is actually something that comes from perception rather than craft. So we were talking earlier about like, how did uh, Quest Academy, how did it do and all of these things and like the 2,592 with 4.8 and all of this. All of those are numbers. Okay. Um, and, and numbers go up, numbers go burr, and it's great. Um, like we were celebrating a milestone, uh, over in uh, Vegas because I crossed 10 million page reads. Mm-hmm. Now to put that in context, all of the erotica stories, there was 18 of them. 10 million over- patrons? Hmm? 10 million oh, patrons? No, 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 page reads. Oh, page reads. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Okay, move over, Slyka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but sorry, it's uh, 10 million page reads, mm-hmm. um, and we were celebrating that milestone. And it was, w- with the erotica stuff, I had 18 books in total, I think it was, 18 stories. And they, over a course of five years, had generated 220,000 page reads. Quest Academy beat that in three days. Nice. So that should tell you that it was something else. It was doing something like a hundred thousand Patriots a day Mm -hmm. um, when it came out of the gate. And I was like, and that's good because I like, again, it's the seeking validation, but it's also not understanding it. Like, because lit RPG is a whole new beast. No frail reference. Uh, exactly uh, no reference and with the publisher i was their first author and they could compare me against jez but jez had a very different landscape when he started uh two and a half three years ago and so they're like is this good for now like as in compared to my peers and the other people around me and the answer is yes that it was doing very well um and it's great but it's really hard to estimate how books two, books three, books four, books five, books six, how, how everything will land. Mm. It's great that this is in such a, um, like, it's a good outing for book one, but it really depends going forward. But when I hit the 10th uh, million page reads, the best advice I got is how to perceive that. Mm. Now, you could see it on Kindle page reads, uh, the Kemp number, and that's 0.0043 um, in the last month or 4.2. Um, the very, very easy thing with that is that because 10 million is a flat number, you just multiply that number by a thousand. So it's essentially 42 grand uh, dollars. Okay. So you're like, amazing. That's absolutely fantastic over a four month period. Okay. Now that's, uh, that's in totality of what that book has done, mm-hmm. uh, which is really, really interesting and really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was like, okay. And, and but that'll drop off dramatically, mm-hmm. um, over the next number of months. Mm-hmm. 
because there's no way that's just going to keep going that way. But who knows? But Until you read book two, by the way. Exactly. Now, but this is the thing. It's really hard to make all these projections on how's this, how's that, whatever. And for people thinking like, you know, why are you not buying a yacht? Why are you not going into it full time? It's like, that's before any splits. Now, you can see the Legion contract is up there for everyone to see on the website. And it's a 55% split in favor of the author, um, which is which is absolutely brilliant. So I could be coming out of that with, let's say, a 25,000 euro. Okay. Um, you know, as, as my part of it. So, and, or sorry, less like with unit sales are a whole different thing as well, but let's just say it's 25,000. Now, I was thinking to myself, 25,000 over four month period. Um, is that great? It's like, yes, but is that enough to, you know, go full time? No, because we have no idea what the trail off could be because the next month it could be only 2000. You know, or it could be, you know, 10,000 over the next four months, or it could be 6,000 over the following four months again, but not to really dwell on the numbers too much or anything like that. But if you were to kind of, um, the, the, the perception thing was I was talking to Matt Dinneman and I was talking to Talia Beckett. Talia Beckett was like 10 million, Brian, uh, divide that by 30, then divide that by 24 then divide that by 60 and divide it by 60. Mm. I was like, why? She's like, that's two page reads a second. Okay. Uh, which means that somewhere in the world, two pages of Quest Academy are being re- read every second. Nice. Now that was wonderful for the perception side of things. And I went and I was still reeling from that. And I told Matt Dinneman and he's like, that's really cool. I do it the opposite way. It's like, what do you mean? He's like, multiply it. And just like, if it takes about a minute to read a page, it's 19 years worth of Quest Academy has been read so far. Nice. And it said like, Quest Academy is able to legally drink in Ireland and drive, or drive. No, obviously not together. Like, don't drink and drive. But, <laughs> but I was like, that's super cool. <laughs> so when we look at things and we see the numbers, that's one thing you're able to see like, yeah, this is a really, really good one. Like this is doing really well. I'm really, really happy about it. But knowing that every second, a certain amount of pages are being read. And if you look at it, like let's say 0.0042 or whatever, every three seconds, I'm earning a cent. Like, or every two seconds, I'm earning a cent. And that's pretty cool. I mean, you've already (coughs) earned. Hmm? I I can't do the math. It's too much. You've earned a lot of money while we're talking. Oh yes, yes. So it's 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 quite good. Um, but again, like this is the other thing as well. It's like I'll I'll be getting my first royalty payment in January. So like I I decided I didn't want the remnants of. Um, I didn't want to get a payout. Uh, in this year and said like let's start the new year off uh with the royalties so it'll be packaged into that and then april and then so forth Mm. so on so forth um but yeah i think the advice that you get other than keep going Mm -hmm. uh is is the best like it's so easy to just get caught up in yourself but so many people don't understand um writing to market Mm. and Mm. that's a whole different conversation Mm. yeah i just mentioned that it's not pandering it's how did you put it i can't remember but the gist of it was um it is making the story that you want to tell palatable to the readers Mm -hmm. absolutely like the thing is i could look at it right now and say Okay, there is a general election coming up in the U.S. next year, Mm. which means that it's going to be a stressful environment. People are going to want escapism, Mm. and they will more than likely want cozy. Mm. They will want slice of life. They will want cozy. Mm. They will want all these things. Mm. If we look at the genre of lit RPG, what's taken off right now? They're deck builders. 
we are going to see a lot of deck builders coming out because of all the skills, because of Summoner Awakens. Um, if I ask you to name like five deck builder stories, okay. it's a challenge. You can name three. But if I ask you to name like, you know, 10, 20 VRs, very possible. If I ask you like, you know, dungeon cores, you can name 30, 40. Mm. So I think our next one is going to be deck builders. Mm. 